When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So a sports commentator suggests on a program that an NFL team ought to try to trade for Mike Tomlin. That's never news. Never, never news. Just another hot takes thing, right? I think we have found the exception. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots and the other two teams I cover in town, the Penguins and the Pirates. Jay Glazer of Fox Sports was the one who made this suggestion on a program yesterday. And if it was coming from absolutely anybody else, local, national, however you'd want to classify them, it would go in one of my ears and out the other so quickly I wouldn't have noticed that it passed through. Glazer is different. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, I've shared with you stories about how tight Tomlin and Glazer are. They are legitimate friends, using that in the proper context. Not just that they have a nice professional relationship and he likes Glazer's questions better than other questions. They are actual friends. When Glazer comes around to training camp or to practice, he's not put into a place with other media like myself. He is afforded the freedom to walk the fields. He goes riding in the cart with Tomlin and Latrobe. And way more significant than any of that, when Glazer reports something related to the Steelers, some sort of hot exclusive or whatever, invariably, it's something that Tomlin ends up making as a point himself, I don't know, a week or two later. This reminds me of back when there was a big fuss over Casey Hampton being out of shape. You know who it was that reported it? Glazer. You know who wanted it out there? Tomlin, because he wanted to get Big Snack closer to the fitness level that they felt he needed. That's happened a bunch of times. It actually becomes something of a running joke anytime any of us who regularly cover the team here in Pittsburgh will see Glazer show up. We're like, okay, here it comes. Something is going to be reported. It's going to have everybody buzzing and we're all going to know where it originated. So to be honest, I've been kind of waiting for something through all this recent negativity or even the Matt Canada fuss to make its way through Tomlin's personal megaphone. And it took a while, but here it is. Here it is. And let me read it to you verbatim what was said on this program by Glazer. I'm telling you, the man began, 
if Mike Tomlin was available, teams would be lining up. Even if he's not available yet, teams should be calling, trying to trade for Mike Tomlin. Hey, Washington, he's from Virginia. Perfect. I'm at least giving it a shot. I'm trying for it. You gotta swing away for a guy like that if he's on the hot seat. End quote. Wait, what? Hot seat? Who said anything about Tomlin on the hot seat other than his only actual friend in the media? The guy he's used as a conduit for many, many years. Hot seat. What is that all about? Now, if you want to take the Washington concept and really run with it, it's not hard. Ron Rivera is not going to keep his job. Commanders are 4-9. and nine. They really stink. And Rivera hasn't gotten it done there at all. I mean, he's had his share of feel-good stories and so forth, including his own related to his health. But the best he's done was to make the playoffs in 2020 with a 7-9 and nine team. Taking this further... Josh Harris, the multi-gazillionaire who put together the group that took over the commanders whenever Daniel Snyder was thrown out onto the street, he was a minority owner with the Steelers, meaning he held a minority stake less than 5% that he now has to, of course, divest since he's going to be the principal owner of the commanders. But his less than 5% was something in the range of $200 million. You put $200 million into something, chances are pretty good that you believe in it and its way of doing things, its processes, its standard. So it wouldn't be much of a stretch on my part to say that Harris has a fondness for Tomlin and the Steelers' way of doing things. It all makes sense. And as I'd mentioned to you last week, the trade concept, regardless of who the other team might be, makes way, way, way more sense than some sort of outright firing. Why would you just tell Tomlin, hey, go away after 17 years? I don't believe Art Rooney's going to do that. I don't believe Art Rooney would even think like that. Talk about friends. Rooney and Tomlin are friends. Gotten to know each other over a big portion of their mutual lives together. But if you get yourself a high draft pick back, the way the Saints did in sending Sean Payton to the Broncos for a first rounder and a swap of second rounders, which, by the way, has really, really worked out to the Broncos' benefit, then the whole thing just looks a lot better. You don't have an actual firing. The Steelers still keep their, you know, their sense of we never, ever fire coaches which seems important to them for some reason. And you get yourself some draft capital, some good draft capital. And maybe, just maybe, the head coach would like people to consider this. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. 
Today's J1Q comes from JC, who says, DK, since we saw Mike Tomlin bench Chooks for earlier this season, is there any possibility that he would bench Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? Now, when I say bench, I mean taken out of the starting lineup. They would still see the field, obviously. But would that send enough of a message to these wide receivers who visibly take plays off? JC, my answer to that is a great big fat and sassy no, okay? It would make no difference. Being removed or even being in a starting lineup in the National Football League doesn't come with very much prestige. The first play that you run of the game is really how you classify a starting lineup. Well, the second play could be something else completely, or you'd want to run something on the first play that would be specific to a certain set or formation in which you might not be taking part. So that that wouldn't do anything. If you want to talk about an outright benching, as you referenced yourself, the only party that would be getting hurt is the whole team, the collective, and that makes no sense. I do, however, want to seize your asking this question to make a broader point. There are 32 teams in the NFL. There are 32 teams that have problems with diva-type wide receivers. That is not at all unique to Pittsburgh. It's not really, if you think about it, not even unique to the past handful of years. This has been developing for a long, long, long time. Now, the Steelers have had themselves a couple of doozies along the way. From the grade B doozies like Plexico Burris at times and in certain ways, Chase Claypool at times and in certain ways, and Antonio Brown in every way. Above and beyond everyone else in every way. I'm not even sure that I would put George Pickens in that second grade level that I described, and I wouldn't put Deontay Johnson really in any of them. I know he's made a lot of people unhappy over the past couple of weeks, but I, I feel like I've gotten to know him as well as I know anybody in that room, and he's when he runs into trouble, he runs into it. He doesn't go looking for it. I don't know if that would make any sense to you. I feel like when Pickens goes storming off the field and starts up a cuss storm against whoever happens to be the offensive coordinator, he's looking for it. Deontay will just run into something that's not necessarily the greatest idea and then not do anything about it and then kind of try to defend himself afterward. But if you think that there's some magic formula or some sort of discipline that can be administered here that'll make everything just A-OK with not just George, but wide receivers as a whole, they're almost all like this. It's cultural in the truest sense of that term. 
This is how wide receivers believe that wide receivers are supposed to behave in the NFL. So when they become, as they all do, really, really big shots in college, they begin with some of that at that level. They behave long enough to make sure that their draft pedigree is good enough to make as much bonus money as possible. Then they get to the NFL and there's going to be somebody else already in that room. Might be a veteran, might be somebody who's in their mid-20s or whatever, but there's going to be somebody who's there waiting, who's already got this personality to them. That's what they learn. That's what they follow. Why wide receivers and not other positions? Again, that's cultural. I don't, I'm not going to have a good answer for that. I do see that running backs come with, just as an example, a lot more humility, but then running backs aren't getting paid the big bucks anymore. So some of the luster has worn off that position, and maybe it's done something to calm the demeanor, to flatten that line. Ultimately, the way that I think about all this as it relates to wide receivers and the unbelievable percentage of time that football fans spend talking about their behavior is I really just don't care. Unless they're doing something wrong or breaking the rules or hurting the team, I really don't care. I don't care what kind of headaches the head coach has to overcome or the positional coaches have to overcome on a sideline. There's always going to be nonsense happening on a sideline. I do care when George takes too long to get to the line and you get a pre-snap penalty. I do care when Deontay fails to pounce on a fumble that's right in freaking front of him. But I don't care what they say on social media and, and that kind of nonsense. I don't care that AB had some kind of message to George yesterday on Twitter. Definitely don't care about that. Never even read it. But I'm going to bet a lot of other people did. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 